Hi, my name is John Smith. Welcome to Kingdom Real. Today is part two with my friend Robert Waltheis, and so good to have you back. Good to be here again. All right. Yeah. Great. So, seems like you were in prison as we left off. I was. Just starting out a three to ten year sentence. Hmm. An then eventful then part of yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just what you always dreamed for. So, it was a little, uh, it was a prison in uh, Nevada, High Desert State Prison was uh, where I went. Sentenced to three to ten. The first year was just kind of getting uh, acclimated in the general population. I thought I was done getting in trouble when I went to prison. <laughs> but I still had some street mentality in me. I still had the I could I could pull a little scam. I could pull a little this. I could I could you know, I could bend a little here, do a little this. Can work this way. Yeah. And I worked some angles that I had that were illegal and ended up getting found out and confronted by some of the staff there about what I was doing. It was some credit card stuff with people on the outside. And when you get in trouble when you're in prison, they send you to the hole. Wow. <laughs> so... What's that like? I got sentenced to two years. In there, the hole? In the hole. Two years? Two years. So the hole... Everybody thinks it's like this dark, dingy place and, you know, and it's dark mentally. It's not so dingy, but I was the only person in a six foot wide, 14 foot long cell for 23 hours a day. And my room faced north, so I didn't really get to see a lot of sunrise or sunset. I was overlooking a grassy hill. You know, once a week I'd see some guy fly by on a lawnmower and I'd try to wave just for human interaction. Wow. <laughs> So, and you did that for two years? Two years. Well, what'd you learn about Robert in two years? The first few months were tough because you're there, you're in a brand new place, brand new everything. You can't really communicate with anybody. I mean, communication was basically sliding a little piece of paper on a string under the door and trying to get it in someone else's door so that you could write and communicate like that. The whole has a way of bringing you to the end of yourself. I remember, I remember waking up one day and just feeling God say to me, are you done yet? You know, like, really? Are you done? Your best efforts at life have landed you right here. So how's that working out for you? <laughs> <laughs> and I just pondered that. I remember pondering that all day. Wow. Like, yeah, my best efforts at life have gotten me two years in the hall. And I remember saying, I'm ready. I wrote my mom and I said, I want to get started on that Bible study course. I got some time. <laughs> I want to earn my certificate now. Okay. So she got me signed up. And I just started making conscious choices with the use of my time while I was there. I wasn't going to 
accomplish a whole lot, but I could write letters to people. Yeah. I could start connecting again. So where did you get the Bible study to send you? Where did that come from? Yeah, Crossroads uh, Prison Ministries. Okay. And that's that's who they used, uh, you know, back when I first started getting in mm-hmm. trouble. So I was familiar with the lessons. And uh, okay. the thing I liked best about it was the letter that I received back from the mentors. Oh. So it wasn't just about a Bible study back and forth, but it was what was special to me was always that letter that somebody wrote being after that two years then they gave me the opportunity to go back into general population and then i applied to go to a prison camp in northern nevada Hmm. that was probably the best choice of and use of my time for two years i uh, was a wildland firefighter and got to go out in the mountains of nevada and utah and fight fire for a whole dollar an hour for the state of nevada I got to hike in places I don't think human, some humans probably have ever been. Just some amazing experiences. Our first, uh, our first fire, we got helicoptered into the top of this mountain, 16,000 acre fire. And I mean, our job was to just perimeter and make sure it wasn't, you know, yeah. going any further into like right. a population area. Mm-hmm. But yeah, <laughs> so it was, it was a fun experience. I didn't I'm, know they did that. Yeah, yeah. In northern Nevada with the fire season, it's a, it's a big thing. And when we weren't doing fires, it's picking up trash or, okay. you know, doing other camp More duties. of a chain gang thing. That you chain see gang thing. Like, like yeah, we, would, okay. we put in miles and miles and miles of fence post. Oh, I, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good with a fence post pounder. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So the last two years were making more conscious choices about uh, what kind of media am I filling my head with, Uh, you know, made, did some more Bible studies, you know, with uh, some TV choices that I had. I started writing to some people from my parents' church because I knew I was going to come back. I knew I was going to live with my parents, hopefully, if they were going to have me. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I started connecting with some people there. Um, Harvey Koning was one. Uh, He was a business owner here in Grand Rapids. Mm -hmm. And I remember writing to him and just saying, you know, I don't want a handout when I get out, but if you have any kind of work to put me to work, uh, I'd be, I'd be a happy employee. Hmm. Pete Steensma was another guy that wrote to me. He was an older gentleman at my parents' church, and just a guy's guy through and through, and uh, just wrote encouraging stuff to me as I was there. So it was good to feel like I was connecting again with some people getting out of prison my you know my parents and i had to have that conversation like you know what's living here gonna look like you know i'm in my late 30s (laughs) (laughs) you know i and they haven't lived with me in years Mm -hmm. so there's very much uh apprehension what's what's it going to be like living with this guy you know i mean you just got out of prison Mm -hmm. is he going to reoffend right away because that was my history i've earned that yeah I earned people being skeptical mm-hmm. of what I was saying, a thousand percent. But they uh, they allowed me back in, and I mean we had rules, some house rules, and as they should be. Mm-hmm. I needed house rules. Right. <laughs> so same thing that said when you're a teenager. This right. is for your good. Yeah. You need this. So. <laughs> Getting out of prison though this time. So I got out of prison in 2015. Okay. And getting out of prison this time was different for me because I just felt like 
you know, I'm ready to just start this new chapter. And I knew that the change was here. Okay. And I just wanted so badly for everybody else to just know it too. Mm -hmm. But rightfully so. A lot of people were very standoffish. My sister didn't want anything to do with me. My, my oldest son didn't want, don't be Facebook friends with me. Don't, I'm cool. I'm just going to sit back and watch for a minute. And uh, I remember being so frustrated over that. But I'm, I'm different. I'm sober. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, accept me back. But some very wise people in my life said the Holy Spirit will make that happen. Hmm. You, it's not up to you. Okay. Your job is to clean up your side of the street mm-hmm. and to just live a life that's part of the change. When I said... I'm ready in that cell, you know, in the hole. Part of that change was realizing that I wasn't honoring the lives of my two sons that I lost. Wow. And it was knowing deeply that if they were still alive, like the way I'm acting is not honoring Oh my goodness. Their life yeah. at all. And that weighed very heavily. Oh, that's on me. powerful. And so the call to come back by the Father, the call to come back was yes, I'm going to come back and I'm going to start living that life that's worthy. I'm going to mm-hmm. start living a life that, yeah. that honors who they were, you know. Wow. Coming back was was tough. Harvey Koning ended up offering me a position okay. uh, to work. So, you know, I had employment coming out, which, mm-hmm. you know, for somebody coming out of prison, that's a huge stress. Huge. Because your parole officer wants to know where you're working, where are you living. You got to come see me. You got to pee in a cup. You got to do this. You got all these things you got to do. And luckily, Harvey was the right employer for that. I was completely transparent with him about mm-hmm. This is where I have to go. This is what I have to do. And he would make time for me in my work day to go and do those things. If you don't have an advocate like that on the outside helping you. It's tough. It makes it very easy to end up going back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Ended up doing some work for Pete Steensma, to okay. the other guy who wrote to me. And I remember when I got out of prison, the first thing he said to me is, he goes, I know you started running when you were in prison, but I, he goes, I bought you a ticket, or he called it a ticket. He goes, yeah. I bought you a ticket to go to that riverbank thing. <laughs> 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 and I, I said, uh, that's like 15 miles or like I've only ever ran six. I, I, no, I'm not doing that. And he was like, oh, no, you can do it. You can do it. Really? No, I, I, here. And so I, I ended up going, and I did the whole thing and finished in just under three hours, and I was so sore. But uh, I remember sharing a picture with that medal with him, and hmm. he was very proud. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's good to just have investment opportunities like that. If there's a returning citizen at your yep. church, you know, Pete never preached to me. Pete yeah. never pulled out the Bible and made me recite anything out of it. But Pete was just real yeah. with me. and walked alongside me as just another guy and at and that point he actually believed in you more than you did probably you can oh, do yes. this race you yeah. can run it yeah. <laughs> i didn't believe no yeah absolutely wow. a few years later 
I was able to apply to the Riverbank Run, and I ended up getting an ambassador position with them, which was a lot of fun. So, wow. What yeah. does an ambassador do at one of those runs? It, they call them road warriors. Oh, okay. So for about six months, you basically do just fundraising and uh, race promotion, just getting involved in the community, and mm-hmm. it's just a great opportunity to run and have some fun and get plugged in you know, with yeah. some people. So very supportive community. Mm-hmm. So oh, That's good. Yeah. Wow. So getting out. God was blessing you with some pretty significant people. Yes. Yeah. How'd it go with your parents? My dad worked for Ionia State Prison for <laughs> thirty some years. <laughs> so <laughs> I put him in an interesting position, didn't it? And you know, my my mom was a church organist, and my dad's working for the prison, and. I know that a lot of my behavior was probably very embarrassing on Mm. a lot of levels. Sure. You know, I've got two sisters and a brother that are doing just fine. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, when your son's name has to constantly come up in prayer request time at church or, Mm. or when people are constantly maybe even afraid to ask about your son you know they'd rather just talk about the three that are doing okay Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's conversations easier to have so there was a lot of just talks with my parents I think just really them getting to know me and I remember my mom saying one time she said I just feel like your soul is more at peace Hmm. like you're not chasing anymore you're not and we talked about that for a second I remember saying to her this is the first time in my life that I really like being me. Wow. You know, I've came to terms with some stuff and worked through some, and I just, I like being me. Oh, that's big. (laughs) So coming out of prison and just getting plugged in with some church stuff and getting plugged in with celebrate recovery was big. Started to Mm -hmm. talk about my, you know, my story, you know, a few times with uh, different churches and that sort of thing. But remember I got kicked out of South Christian. Right. So somebody from South Christian found out kind of, you know, that I had gotten out and I was doing some of this stuff and I got invited to speak at their chapel one year. Really? <laughs> wow. So what was your topic? Just my life. Just, just life. come in and share, share your okay. testimony. Yeah. And I just, I remember standing on that stage and it was just a surreal moment because it was still the old school I went to. It was before they moved locations. Right, yeah. And it was just a surreal moment to think, you know, like back in 1994, they told me to leave and don't come back. <laughs> And here I am. I mean, I just, I don't discount God. No. At all. And now they're calling you to come back. (laughs) (laughs) And it was an honor to just talk to some of the kids and talk to some of the educators that were there too, because, you know, there were people there from back when I was still going there. So it was powerful on a lot of, and I was able to re uh, reconnect with Pete Dykema. Okay. And I apologize. I apologize for being an unruly donkey's rear mm-hmm. <laughs> in school and just, you know, just generally just yeah, being a numbskull. Yeah. How did he receive that? I mean, he told me, he said, you know, I always, I always knew, like, you know, he goes, 
I just had this sadness that you weren't living the fullness, the full life that Christ had for you, I think wow. is how he put it. Okay. And that that struck me like, you know, you saw that there was so much more and I'm just narrowing myself to this. Mm. And that was your frustration. It wasn't, you yeah. know, it wasn't like you're punishing me for that. It's right. your frustration is I'm not allowing myself to live this fullness mm. that you knew. Wow. So, wow. yeah. Wow, that's good stuff. Mm. So, <clears throat> celebrate recovery. Mm-hmm. What part of that seemed like it helped you the most? When I was in prison, my mom signed me up for, she sent me a book, Celebrate Recovery Inside. The thing I like most about Celebrate Recovery is that it, it takes the biblical, it takes the principles of AANA and it aligns them with scripture. Mm-hmm. So now you have your 12 steps, but it also gives the scriptural backup for mm-hmm. like, why are we saying we believe in this step right. and this is why. Mm-hmm. And I liked having the higher power in its place. I remember going to AA even when I was, you know, didn't want to subscribe to God, let's say. And I remember thinking the people that wanted to call their couch their higher power, I'm like, you are just so, <laughs> like, what? A, come on. So, you know, here's, yeah. So we have... The meetings, you know, were good. Um, and it was really just a big sense of community. Uh-huh. I went to Impact Church in Lowell. Okay. And they had a Celebrate Recovery program there. And I just, I went faithfully and just poured myself into it. Mm. I needed that the first few years I was out. Okay. Just the, I needed the protection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Oh, glad that was there for you. That's amazing. So, so what comes after that? Hmm. So we got Celebrate Recovery. Um, I was back to the devil. How about, let's talk about the right. devil. Sure. Right. <laughs> the, the one on your chest? The one on my chest, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so devil's on my chest i get out of prison and i'm yay everything's changed and every time i go and shave in the morning wash my face i gotta sit there and i gotta look at that staring back at me i was embarrassed at that point in my life now i'm embarrassed by it i you know i didn't want to be associated with that Mm. so i had started saving up a little bit of money for that and pete steensma ended up just asking me he said how much is that silly thing gonna cost to get off of you (laughs) and so i got a quote from you know the tattoo artist that and he said i just want to do it right now let's get i just get the devil off of you well how do you get the devil off you how do you do well you gotta cover him up (laughs) (laughs) i did not offer the laser the laser (laughs) cover so The transformation now is I chose very intentionally to get the devil covered up by a cross. Oh, perfect. And it's a cross. It looks like it's kind of splashing in water, and it's got uh, Roman numerals, my baptism date, February 8th of 2011. And to me, it just just covers up. I don't even think about that devil there anymore. Because I know, I know it's covered. He's been conquered. He's absolutely (laughs) a thousand percent. That's great. So, again, it's the declaration, right? It's whose flag am I waving? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
and that act in and of itself getting that done was so transformational for me just I'm waving a different flag now yeah tell me a little bit about you know you got this tattoo artist yeah and you're getting this redone that takes some time right yeah it was a couple sessions okay yeah what's going through you what are you thinking about what's happening as that's being transformed and changed what's going on on the inside because mm. they're making that happen the tattoo artist that i had her name is amy and she was very she was the perfect person to do that tattoo okay uh just i mean she should have a degree in psychology somehow i just knows how to walk people through kind of their journey and kind of talk with them so through. she's talking with you the whole time she's yeah. doing that really yeah and just tell me about your story and what led you to this and why we you know and and that kind of information helps her with the design too because there was no this is on paper and this is how it's going to be it was just a this is kind of what i'm thinking and i'm going to let you have artistic license really? on my body yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah and it turned out better because you did it that way probably yeah. yeah so she's designing it as she's doing it wow i had a lot of faith in her yeah, <laughs> that's great yeah that's great yeah so it's you know, it's something now that I will, you know, my my mom, you know, the devout Christian reformed lady that she is, that's mm-hmm. kind of anti-tattoo, said that's one tattoo that I kind I of really like, because like. <laughs> it's not the devil. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of a spontaneous guy, so I say, why don't you take off the bow tie and the shirt and let's see it. <laughs> Do that on the, on the next episode. On the next one, yeah. okay. <laughs> Got to save something for later. <laughs> Can't show all my goods. Okay. <laughs> I just let you know what yeah. I was thinking yeah. and where that would go. I hear so you. Someday we'll do that. Oh boy, that's something. So, so yeah. with with uh, celebrate recovery, the place where I'm at now is kind of getting back plugged in again with. Them. Okay. But this year is 12 years sober for me, which is the first. That's the first time I've been 12 years on anything except for staying alive. So. Wow. Yeah. 12 years. Congratulations. It's a journey worth. I'm glad I'm here to speak about. Yeah. Because there were plenty of opportunities for things to go the other way. Mm -hmm. I mean, numerous times on the streets in Vegas, taking drugs from people I didn't know, sharing needles. Yep. Being confronted with a gun from somebody that wanted my drugs more than I wanted them. Hmm. You know. Wow. Seeing people fights and stabbed in prison. You know, just all the little potential things, all the craziness mm-hmm. uh, I definitely felt through it all sure. a, a hedge of protection around and it's not even like I was protected from it all but I felt mm-hmm. like yep. yeah yeah. so having spent all the time in jails in and out then time in prison um, as you reflect back on that and you live your life out now mm. Does that motivate you to try to do something for the people still on the inside, for their families, mm. for other things going on? What, as you reflect back on it, you've been out all this time sure. and stuff. How does that impact you? Does that motivate you? Where's where are you at with that? A couple of years after I got out, I was I did a couple speaking engagements with Celebrate Recovery, and my dad was still working for the prison. Okay, and he reached out to the warden there and said, "I'd love to have my son come in." Is there wow. any way we can make this happen? Wow. And I didn't, I mean, I couldn't go into Kent County Jail. I just, I couldn't pass the background stuff. Yeah. And 
God made it happen. Wow. Not once, but twice. Twice. Back into Ionia to speak to, the first time it was to a book club. Okay. It's about 15 guys. Mm -hmm. Had a great time with them. Mm. Went in, we just sat down and talked about life. Wow. And it wasn't even me delivering a testimony so Mm -hmm. much as it was them just having an opportunity to ask me some questions and just talk about life. (sighs) Second time I went in, uh, it was to an auditorium of guys, probably 80 or 80 or 90 guys came. And most of them came because when my dad wrote out the little, you know, here's what's happening, he put this is my son. So, the, you know, all those guys, are, <laughs> yeah. what's going on with this? <laughs> yeah. I'll draw a crowd. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that was the first time I remember my dad telling me that he was proud of me. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm sure there were other moments when I was growing up, but. That's the one you remember. Yeah. That's powerful. Yeah. Wow. So it was a, it was a good moment to know, like there was some healing mm-hmm. that happened in his heart too, yeah. through it all. Wow. Because I know, you know, just how I was living and, mm-hmm. you know, I know it was tough on him. Yeah. It was, you know, he's working at a prison and here I am with his same name. I've got his same name. We share a name and I'm getting in trouble. Mm, (laughs) So he he has to justify Mm -hmm. to people why I'm coming back home to live with him. Wow. Wow. Well, if you were trying to kind of reflect on Mm. your life, what you've learned, what God's done and stuff like that, if you were to kind of give a message of hope to people listening, it's a good time to do it. I would say don't ever discount the power of prayer first off. Prayer is so powerful. And the people that come in and say, I'm going to pray for you, allow them to pray for you. Transparency and accountability were big for me coming mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. I knew that I had to be open mm-hmm. for me personally, and I had to also work at connecting. And through that, I have felt the hand of God, the family of God, the protection of God. I've just come around and constantly through so many different things over the last seven years since I've been out. Mm. It's just been God directing these steps, God directing this step here. I mean, I'm currently employed by the prison ministry that I did Bible studies with 20 some years ago. It's the enormity of that uh, to be able to talk to other people about prison ministry and just reaching out to people like that and just mm-hmm. reaching people and just treating them like humans yeah. and uh, you know trying to get them on a different path. So, what would you say to people in the church to help them learn to care about people in prison? Is to remember at the end of the day. A sin is a sin is a sin. Mm. And we're all God's children. So if you want to have a better result out on the streets, it starts with, you know, just being human to people and, you know, pouring into them. You don't have to pour into everybody, but, you know, find your one or two person or people and just make a difference. Don't be afraid to make a difference. That's awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here, being real, Mm -hmm. sharing your story. 
with us. You made a difference. Mm. And you're making a difference. It's an ongoing thing. Yeah. God's never done. He's never done. <laughs> That's right. Well, my name's John Smith. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Kingdom Real. God loves you. And we do too.